Hey there. Does anybody want to talk about anger today? <laughs> anybody? No? Are you sure? That's kind of what I thought. I think we're going to do it anyway, though. Okay, so here's my question. Does anybody else, and it might just be me, I'm guessing it's not, does anybody else get the sense that as a collective whole, the majority of us are stuck in a place of being angry? Or we're liking to be angry right now more than we have before. Or we're looking for things to be upset about that maybe we didn't look for before. Things that didn't make us angry before, but now we're just looking for that thing and it might actually not even be there, but we're just trying to make it happen. I have been having this feeling for like the last five, six, seven months. I'm not even sure that I was like, ah, aren't people sick of being angry yet? I so wish you were all in front of me so I could see if there are nods or even like hands up. Like, yep, I agree because... I am curious, one, if that's a reality in the circles that you walk through every day. If you would agree with that, like, do you see that as well? I see that. I see that on the news. I see it and hear it on the radio, in conversations with friends. Like, it's just exhausting. We are just so emotionally engaged right now. And I'm not saying every single person all the time. I'm saying as a culture, I believe that we have learned how to use emotional manipulation to really get in and trigger people's emotions, to get them on our side or to agree with us or to stir up a fight. Like we've gotten very, very good at it. Hello, spiritual warfare, like straight up spiritual warfare, division and dissension among each other. And I don't know what way is easier than to be angry because it just causes so many arguments. Now, I typed in anger in the search bar of a Bible app this morning. I mean, come on. There's a long list of scripture that deals with anger, that deals with quarreling. I'm sure you would have guessed that. There's just so much information out there. And I'm kind of like, okay, why do we want to stay here? Why do we want to stay stuck in this place of just, oh, and just seething and irritated about something and looking for the next fight or the next thing. It's funny because I think we're all just sitting and waiting for like the next shoe to drop, the next bad thing to drop. The next thing that I disagree with or don't want to happen is going to happen soon. So I have to be ready for it. So I see this in the field that I kind of serve and work in. I'm a school board member for one of our local school boards, and it's been one of those ongoing difficult years, two years, I guess we're pushing to, I really, really thought this was going to be a good year, but this world just keeps throwing curveballs at us. Would you agree? That makes decisions difficult. It makes communication difficult. It makes relationships difficult because there's so much emotion. There's so much fear. There's so much hurt, but there's so much anger and it can just Make everything 10 times more difficult. Take 10 times longer to figure out. And it's really, really challenging. And I think there's a lot of lessons that we can learn from it. James 1.19, if you ever want to be convicted, right? Read the book of James. I actually stay away from James most of the year <laughs> until I'm ready for a good smack upside the head. But James 1.19, let every 
person. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to be angry. All right, being quick to hear. How good are we at being quick to hear? Here's the deal. I think a lot of us are actually good at hearing and listening, but it takes practice and effort. It doesn't always come naturally for all of us. Some it does, but there's a quote that makes me think about this a lot that I really like. The opposite of listening is not speaking. It is waiting to speak. Think about that. The opposite of listening isn't speaking. It's this waiting to speak, this hearing, this listening, this waiting, this processing, and then speaking. In my mind, that's all part of this whole slow to speak. And if we're quick to hear or to listen, then we're slow to speak because we're waiting our turn and we're thinking. I think that in and of itself can make it, can, can make it easier to be slow to be angry. Not always, though. It's very easy to get angry with people that disagree with you, right? (laughs) What does it look like in this world to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to be angry? I think it's really difficult. I think it's hard to picture for some of us because we are in a state of reacting emotionally. Like I said before, this is kind of just our culture. Advertising wants to get us to react emotionally. Food advertisements wants to get us to react with a craving, some sort of physical reaction. It can be very difficult in this place where our emotions are constantly being tapped into and poked like, hey, wake up. It can be very difficult for us to stop, to just be slow, to think, to calmly, rationally, and logically think through something. And when we are in these emotionally prodded and manipulated and enticing places, it can be super difficult to renew our minds every day. And I think we all know how important it is for us to daily renew our minds. Scripture talks about it multiple times when we're stuck in emotions. It's really when it's then that much more important to stop to renew our minds, to back up, take a deep breath, look at the big picture, filter through information. I don't know. Everybody's going to have their own process. But to see ourselves, maybe when we get emotionally triggered or emotionally react, and when we're not being a slow speaker and a quick listener, but maybe there are areas where we're quick to be angry, I think that's a good reminder to be like, okay, red flag, red flag. I need to just take a step back, decompress a second, take a deep breath, renew my mind, focus back on Christ, the big picture here. Because the big picture comes in the very next verse, James 1.20. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I think we know that. <laughs> I think we have seen that and we know it intimately. Based on experiences in the life, being on the receiving end of somebody else's anger. Maybe even our own that we look back on and evaluate like, yep. Not my finest moment. (laughs) Who can raise their hand? Nod their head. Yeah, we look back and we see those. Yeah, that was not real Christ-like of me. I think we probably all have something that we acknowledge. I think we probably have way more that we see and acknowledge in other people, because that is what we're good at, seeing our own sins and flaws in other people. But we have so many things to look at 
in life that we deal with daily, that present itself constantly, that we have to stop, take that like quarter of a second before we react to choose. Am I going to be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to be angry? Because in the big picture, the life that I want to show the people around me is one that shows the righteousness of God, not the anger of man. Psalm 37, 8, refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. The more and more we stay in this place of anger, frustration, wrath even, that one seems so like severe to me, but maybe some of you have even gotten to a place of wrath, like a seething, deep, guttural anger where you just want to act out on it. I hope not. I hope that's not you. It tends to lead to evil where we go too far, maybe too far with our words, too far with our actions, too far with our attitudes, and put us in a place that is just not where we should be, nor should we want to be. And it's easier than we think to get there. So I just wanted to bring this up. I want us to talk about it. I want us to be more aware of the anger around us and then possibly within us. What do we do with the intense emotions that we are living with in this world? Proverbs 16, 32, whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. If you can rule your spirit, Proverbs is saying you are mightier than a warrior that can come in and take over a whole city. It is that difficult. But whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Like that is how strong and powerful it is in our lives and in the lives of those around us, if we can be slow to anger. Now, I already said I don't love reading the book of James, right? Because it's super convicting. But there are quite a few verses in there that stick in my head a lot. And I hear them. I think the Holy Spirit is like, remember this one? The one you don't want to read on the page? Let me remind you. James 4, 1 and 2. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Fair question. Anybody know the answer? Anybody want to know the answer? I mean, it is a good question right on the page of scripture that applies to all of us every day. Hey, do you know why you're arguing? Do you know why you're fighting and why you're upset? The answer is right there. It says, is it not the selfish desires, and then some versions it says passions, that are at war within you? And saying, hey, you fight because we're all selfish. We all have our own desires. We have our own passions, our own emotions and things that we get worked up about. And we, we think that they're probably the best because they're ours. <laughs> the most informed because we read the infographic on Facebook. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's sarcastic, but not at the same time. That is how we process in this world we process through the lens of ourself. That's what's natural to us so that our thoughts, our feelings, our desires, those must be the right ones because we hold them. And yet we also all know that when we look back on the, oh yeah, that wasn't my finest moment or can honestly say, well, yeah, that wasn't maybe the best decision. We do know that our reasoning and our decisions can be flawed at times. That sometimes we make decisions based on emotions and desire and passions. And maybe they don't always work out as well. Verse 2 says, you desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight 
and quarrel. We don't always get the things we want. Amen? Yep. I mean, already today. <laughs> it's only 7 a.m. where I am, and it's like, yeah, I'm already missing out on a couple things I want, like to sleep in longer, for the dog to be quiet, not barking in the background of a podcast. Like, we don't always get what we want, and it can cause anger. We fight. We quarrel. We have these selfish passions and desires. And we fight. How are you doing with that today? I mean, it might be early for you too. It might be late. How's your day started? How has it gone? Do you see the evidence of these things in your life? Is it something that you're aware of? Is it something that you are working on? Do you want to be as mighty as a warrior of maybe a whole military that can take a city? If you can, be slow to anger. And can you rule your spirit today? Should we ask that again? Do you think you can rule your spirit today? I think we can. Oh, I know we can. I know with the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. We are victorious Christians. We can live the victorious Christian life. The problem is we don't always believe that because it doesn't match our experience every day. Because we choose in moments, we choose sin. We choose anger. We choose our passions, our selfish desires. We make choices that may not reflect God's righteousness in us. So because we continually fail every day, which we're going to, which is fine, we don't always believe that we are a victorious Christian and that we can make the right choice because we have the power of Jesus in us. We do, and we need to remember that. We need to remind ourselves and embrace that, that today we can rule our spirits, we can control anger, we can look at the big picture, we can live life reflecting the righteousness of God. We can do it. Do we want to? Deep down. It's easy to say, well, of course I do. But deep down in every decision and every moment, do we want to? That's going to be our takeaway today. Do I really want to always, if I'm honest with myself, reflect the righteousness of God in my life? Because you can if you want And it can be very challenging, but it can be very, very powerful. And we have to pray and ask God for help with that. Ephesians 4.26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. You can be angry and still not sin. That's a righteous anger, and that's probably a whole other big discussion. But we can do this, ladies and gentlemen. We can do this life. We don't have to be stuck in this world, this life, our days in emotional states of frustration and anger and irritation. There's a lot, a lot right now in our world going on that's asking for that. That is almost calling for your frustration, anger, and irritation. It really is. (laughs) It is out there and it is bombarding us 24-7. Do you want to rule your spirit? Do you want to live this life showing the righteousness of God wherever you go? Do you want to set aside the anger and the quarrels and the fights to live a victorious Christian life? I mean, it's really up to you. I don't know the answer for you. Some moments we really do. Some moments we're like, no, never mind. Right now I am choosing to be pissed. And it's not always wrong, but are you going to sin in the midst of it? Have I given you enough to be frustrated about today? Anybody? Are you angry with me? (laughs) That's okay. That's good. I'll let the Holy Spirit take the uh, responsibility for that. 
because I know my conscience is pricked. It absolutely is. I am just as guilty of this as anybody else. It is easy to get fired up and angry and just go spouting off our mouths or our fingers as we type. My prayer for us today is that we go through the day with a desire to rule our spirit, to show the righteousness of God, and to live a victorious Christian life.